The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Harry and Meghan's recent revelation that they'd like to step away from royal duties threw up a whole lot of questions here at The Squiz. Things like what it means to be a senior royal, how are the royal family funded, and how they work with the media. In this episode, we'll tackle all of that, as well as talk you through Harry and Meghan's new arrangement and how it'll work. Squiz Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. So, Claire, we know the Queen is the head of the royal family. Her son, Charles, is heir to the throne, followed by William and then little Prince George. Meghan and Harry, in their original statement, said they'd like to step back as senior royals. What are the qualifications to being a senior royal? Being a working senior royal isn't just a matter of birth or marriage. It's also about an expectation that you'll serve and survive. That is that you'll engage in those hundreds of ceremonial and civic duties every year, but also also ensure that your actions aid rather than threaten the survival of the House of Windsor. Until recently, Harry and Meghan were considered senior royals. Who else? The term senior royal isn't actually an official one, but it's used to describe those who are high up in the line of succession. So we've got those people you mentioned, uh, as well as the Duke of Edinburgh, Camilla, Catherine and their kids. And the rest of the royal family is made up of the Queen's children, their kids, their grandkids, as we know. The crux of the question, though, is what are Meghan and Harry giving up by stepping down as senior royals? They're giving up being on the front line of Team Windsor. Harry and Meghan referenced wanting to continue to serve the monarchy in an official capacity, but that's not to be. Harry said that he's giving up the only life he's known, and now they'll venture into that world, as us adults do, of financial independence. Which takes us to the awkward money question, which is really a very important one when it comes to how this new arrangement will take shape. First, we need to understand how the royals are funded. Let's do that now. So the royals are pretty wealthy in their own right, right? Yeah, they've got a lot of money through the Duchy of Lancaster. That's the Queen's private portfolio of commercial, agricultural, residential properties. Uh, Some of that dates back as far as 1265. This money, which generates an income of about £20 million a year, is generally used by the Queen to pay for official and private expenses, as well as members of the royal family who undertake official engagements on her behalf. And they also have a private estate, the Duchy of Cornwall, which provides funds to the throne's heirs. Its income, which generally amounts to about £20 million a year, uh, is sourced from a number of properties that it owns and operates, including a number of islands and rental cottages in Wales and Cornwall. Prince Charles controls that estate uh, and hands out payments to his sons, Harry and William, through that estate. And what about, we'll get back to that in a minute, but what about all the other members of the royal family? How are they funded? So there's the sovereign grant and that is largely made up of taxpayer funds, uh, which is valued depending on how much money the Crown Estate makes. So the Crown Estate is a huge portfolio of land. It includes things like Regent Street in London and Ascot Racecourse. So depending on what it's brought in, that grant, which generally amounts again to about 25% of their net income, uh, it pays for costs associated with their official duties and with the upkeep of occupied palaces and staff costs. So given the royal family receives a good chunk of its money from the taxpayer through that 
through that sovereign grant. How are the royal family kept accountable to what they spend? Is there some sort of reporting process? Yeah, there's the release of an annual report of its income and expenditure over a year, but broadly the royal family are really quite secretive about their finances and they are exempt from freedom of information laws. But there's a lot of, of course, media scrutiny on these sorts of things and the Queen is quite well known for keeping a fairly tight handle on that so that they're not embarrassed by any spending. So it's as much about the optics and the pub test as it is any formal reporting for the royals. With all this background, let's get back to how this fits in with Harry and Meghan's new arrangement. Harry and Meghan were hoping, as Harry said in a recent speech, that they would be able to continue, and this is the quote, serving the Queen at the Commonwealth and my military associations, but without public funding. Unfortunately, he says this wasn't possible. Let's start with the public funding aspect of this statement. What has the Queen said and what does it mean? So what the Queen has said is that they will no longer receive public funding and that really is the sovereign grant part of their income. That's only about 5% though of what they take in each year. So the majority of their income has come from the Duchy of Cornwall traditionally. That's the money that Charles has to divvy out to his sons. Does Harry still get a look in there? Yeah, so it's understood that Charles will continue to fund them under the new agreement, although it's not quite clear whether that'll come from the duchy, whether it'll come from his personal wealth or a combination of both of those things. Money from the duchy that they received was just over £5 million in 2018 and 19, so that was 95% of their income. So it's still a little murky as to how that arrangement will work with Charles. But back to taxpayer money. One thing that did cover was a recent renovation to their UK home, Frogmore House. Yeah, and they've said that they're going to repay the £2.4 million cost of renovating that UK home. They'll also pay a commercial rent on that property going forward. I wonder what that would cost. They're speculating around £10,000 a month. Pricey. Yeah, and it's weird because it's on an estate, so you can't really get a commercial rent read on it. It's all <laughs> very complicated. Gonna, exactly. Gonna They're not going to rent it, like put it in the classifieds and then see who they can get for it. Got it. So as far as their titles go, the statement from the Queen also made clear the Sussexes will not use their HRH titles as they are no longer working members of the royal family, but they'll continue to maintain their private patronages and associations, for example. So Harry has 16 patronages. That includes things like the Invictus Games Foundation, uh, also the AIDS charity um, Centre Barley, which is one that he uh, founded and is, of course, a cause that was very close to his mother's heart. Megan has four patronages, including the Royal Theatre and the Association of Commonwealth Universities. And they'll still be known as Megan and Harry, Duke and Duchess of Sussex, a title given to them by the Queen when they were married. How come they still get to be the Sussexes? Because the Queen says so. And she (laughs) conferred it to them. Uh, She can take it away from them, but they are still royal. They are, you know, he still is the son of the Prince of Wales, which is a big deal in the royal family. So it's something that they'll keep. He's, he's of course, also sixth in line to the throne currently. So whilst it'd take a lot for him to be caught up to the top job, yes. does he keep his position? Yes, he does. Nothing changes in that line of succession. That is a birthright. All right, let's have a look at everything outside of the financials and the titles that are part of this new arrangement now, as well as some sticking points. 
Now, you touched on this earlier, Claire, in the Queen's statement. There was a stipulation that they were to step back from royal duties, the two of them, and that included all official military appointments. This is a big deal for Harry. It really is. And actually, looking at what he said about it, it seems to be one of the things that he's most sad about. He had 10 years of military service in the army, including in Afghanistan. Uh, From his statements, you can get a real sense of sadness as he loses those sort of honorary, ongoing associations that he had with the military including with the Royal Marines. The quote from Harry was that, I will continue to be the same man who holds his country dear and dedicates his life to supporting the causes, charities and military communities that are so important to me. He then went on to make a comment about the media, saying the media is a powerful force and my hope is one day our collective support for each other can be more powerful because this is so much bigger than just us. On their Sussex Royal website, Meghan and Harry have said they want to engage with grassroots media organisations, young up-and-coming journalists. They want to invite specialist media to events. They want to provide access to credible media outlets. The list goes on. They also indicated they will not participate in the royal rotor system. What's the royal rotor system? It is the machinery that sits behind the royals that recognises a handful of UK publishers and broadcasters and it sort of has them on a sort of roster where they cover events that the royal family does. What Harry and Meghan uh, have said is that the content of the journalism that they produce is not always credible, particularly when it comes to their private lives, but because they're on the official rotor, it's kind of considered by media broader than those broadcasters and publishers as being correct. So they want to smash that apart and really change the way that they engage with media and broaden the circle out quite a bit. So as far as this new arrangement, that is something they're able to do? Yeah, they can do whatever they want. They can run their own press office. Which they appear to be doing. Yeah. We've talked about Frogmore House, Frogmore Cottage, which is said to remain their home in the UK. But what are the hurdles in relation to Meghan and Harry actually moving to Canada where they've indicated they'd like to live? Two things, security and funding. As private citizens, uh, they really do need to take into account what providing their own security looks like. There's a sense, though, that the Canadian government will step up and provide some of that. It'll probably be provided for in the UK as well. But there's still really some questions and grey areas in all of this. You've got that Charles money. <laughs> yeah, well, poor Charles has to pay for their That's security true. now. Yeah. And do more public engagement. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Finally, this new arrangement will all be reviewed in one year's time. There's a lot of dust to settle, so it's not really much of a surprise that the Queen, Charles and William will want to take a look at it in a year's time. We'll be back with an update in one year's time. that's right. Potentially sooner. And that's your shortcut to Harry and Meghan's new arrangement. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening, watching. There's a lot to read about this one. It's kind of difficult to make a recommendation. For me, it's really simple. I just recommend taking a look at Harry and Meghan's new website, sussexroyal.com. If you haven't already, it seems to be very well thought through, has a lot of the nitty gritty detail about funding and the media and their stance on those aspects of their new lives. Yeah, and um, it's very nuanced and sophisticated, so a lot of thought's gone into it. I've gone to their other major channel, which is their Instagram account. The link to Harry's speech, um, there's a video of that. It's really his first public comments about why they've done what they've done and it's a really good insight into really how sad it all is. He does seem very sad. Yeah, very down about it, but sort of come to this and they're getting on with their lives. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. We hoped that helped clarify everything that's going on. Now you can go and read New Idea and feel very informed. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. They're also available in written format on our website. You could also leave us a review, share a link on social. Just spreading the word helps us to grow. Plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to, so get on to that. Until next time. week our podcast is brought to you by aware super superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore but as a member of aware super you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you like their my retirement planner which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there read the pds and tmd at aware.com.au